Every year on the last Sunday of Ordinary Time, we, just, we celebrate the solemnity of, of Christ the King, Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. And I always think it's interesting to reflect on what kingship means to Jesus versus what authority and power mean to us. And one of the things that I think makes this a little bit interesting is our own American history with kings. I mean, our country is founded upon our throwing off the oppressive yoke of, of the king of England. And so we've, as Americans, we've liberated ourselves from kingship, we could say. Uh, but yet we gather in church on this Sunday and we celebrate the kingship of Jesus. And so how is the kingship different than the, the reign of King George that we were so happy to be, be rid of? Uh, there's a story I think about often in the gospel. Uh, it's when the mother of the apostles, James and John, come up to him. And she, she says to him, Jesus, give my sons seats at your right and at your left in your kingdom. It seems like a pretty bold request to move all the other, or to make all the other disciples are standing there, wide-eyed probably. Give my sons these places of honor. And that's exactly what she was looking, looking for, for her sons, James and John. She wanted them to have positions of authority. And maybe she was looking at all of these other disciples and seeing them as potential rivals for her own sons in the kingdom of, of the Messiah, Jesus. And, what, and rightfully so, the, the other disciples are really ticked off about this request. And so they're starting to argue and fight among them. And what does Jesus say to them? He says, the rulers of this world lord their authority over their subjects, and they make their authority over their subjects felt. But he says, it shall not be so among you. Whoever would be your leader needs to be the servant. And who wants, he who wants to be first must be a slave. So in the Gospels, we, we see that Jesus' conception of what it means to have authority and power is very different than what it means to the world. That Jesus is, Jesus is not interested in uh, being up above everybody else, having a place of influence, but rather Jesus is interested in service. And I think that helps us to understand today's gospel a little bit more, because isn't it puzzling that on this day that we celebrate Christ the King, where does our gospel take us to? Not Jesus's glorious throne in heaven where he sits at the right hand of the Father. Not, any, not in any earthly honor at all, but rather our gospel today takes us to the cross, to the scene of the cross. So what's the church trying to tell us here? That we celebrate the kingship of Jesus by going back to the cross. It seems that the church is telling us that 
The cross is actually the throne of Jesus, and that it's from the cross that Jesus reigns. Now, what is the cross? Well, in, the, in, in that first century AD at Jesus' time, the Romans used the cross to terrify their subjects. And, um, and rightfully so. They knew that crucifixion was among the most fearsome ways to die, fearsome means of execution, that a criminal would be stripped naked and fastened to the cross where eventually they would suffocate to death. And then they would leave their bodies on that cross for a number of days, rotting in front of everybody as a warning. Don't cross us, was literally the message that the Romans were trying to give to their, to their subjects. But to Jesus, the cross is not just a place of humili- humiliation, although he was humiliated there. And it's not just a place of physical suffering, although he suffered greatly there. The cross, to Jesus, is a place where love is proven. It's a place where he proves that he loves his Father, being obedient to him all the way to his death. And it's a place where he proves his love for me and for you, that this is how much he loves us. In the gospel we have today, we have this this icon of Jesus in the middle, crucified, between two other men, crucified. And what do we know about them? We don't know exactly what they did, but we know that they're criminals. And one of them says to the other in this gospel, we deserve the death that we're dying. So they must have done something pretty bad, both of them, even themselves to believe that they deserve death for their crime. But what is that, that cross to Jesus? It's a place where he offers his merciful love. It's a place where he offers forgiveness. And he does that for the good thief who repents there right next to him. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And what does Jesus say to him? Today you'll be with me in paradise. It's merciful love shown right there on the cross. The cross is a place of merciful love. Jesus says, he who would be first must be the slave. He who wants to be the leader needs to be the servant. And so kingship, authority, power to Jesus doesn't mean what it means to us in the world, what it meant to the mother of James and John and to the disciples who are fighting about who should get to sit at Jesus' right and left. To us it means some sort of popularity contest or the power that we want. We want to wield authority over others. We see this at work all the time in our world. You probably see it at your workplace. We can see it in the church at times. But this is not power and authority to Jesus. The power that Jesus has, he uses to lay down his life and to offer it willingly accepting suffering, willingly accepting death, out of love for his Father and out of love for us. That's what his kingship means to him. This is really good news for us. 
I think it also helps us to to be able to better interpret what happens politically in our country and around the world. Helps us to know what makes for a good leader and what makes for a bad leader. A good leader is one who treats his position or her position as one of service. And a bad leader is one who takes advantage of their position and and lords their authority over others. In our country, and I, I'm speaking this because of the midterms that we just had in our country, we, we, can, get, we can get so intense and, about our, our elections. And I mean, thank God that we live in a free country and that we have elections, um, that we have a democratic system of government governance. But I, and I sense this in, my, in myself too sometimes. Sometimes we, we look to our political authorities or our political leaders as the hope for our country or hope for ourselves. I was thinking this morning about, uh, about 2000, the election of 2008 uh, when President Obama was elected. And, um, and that was certainly a historical election, the first time uh, we had an African-American president, the only time in the history of our country I was a, a seminarian in Rome at the time as a student, and I remember the day after the elections, after they were called for President Obama, there were posters plastered all over the city that had his, his face on them, and then a caption underneath his face was, Cambia il mondo, which means the world changes. The world has changed. How many people put their hope in President Obama? And what a wonderful thing that our country elected our first black president, but he's just a man. Uh, Maybe not not, uh, too dissimilarly uh, six years ago when President Trump was elected. How many people in our country uh, may be tired of the political establishment put their hopes in this man? Well, now things are really going to change. The world changes now. No, it doesn't. And no, it didn't. It didn't change with President Obama. It didn't change with President Trump. We still have the same problems. Things only seem to be getting worse. It's really important that as Christians, we know who our king is. And we know who our king is not. That our king is not the president of the, other, of the United States. And um, things are probably not going to be very good no matter which political party is in charge of the White House or in charge of Congress. As, as Christians, our hope is not in the leadership of this world, but it's in the kingship of Christ who's won the victory. This is why Jesus was able to say to this repentant sinner on his right, he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. What an amazing gift of salvation that he gave that man. That for all of his sins and whatever terrible things he'd done in his life, at that moment, because of his repentance and Jesus' act of merciful love there on the cross, eternity is blessed for this man. Happiness for eternity. Joy, life, love. Peace forever for him. That man's not worried about who's the president of our country. 
because his eyes are set on something so much bigger and greater. Truth with a capital T, the one who calls himself the way, the truth, and the life. We have a lot of discouraged people in our country right now. Maybe we feel it ourselves. But when we allow ourselves to be so discouraged by politics, what we're doing is we're keeping our, we're keeping our eyes off the prize. We're putting our hopes in people who are bound to fail. Jesus never fails. He's won already, and he will win in our lives. We have to keep our eyes on him and allow him to fill us with hope because that's the truth with a capital T. He who is the the capital T truth, his kingship, his having conquered the world, winning us heaven. So today, brothers and sisters, as we end this liturgical year and get ready to start a new one with Advent beginning next week, let's ask the Lord to please give us this grace of hope hope that our country so desperately needs, hope that we so desperately need. It won't come about through a political party. It won't come about through a political figure. It only comes about through our Lord Jesus Christ, who is King of the universe.